All Century 21 real estate offices are independently owned and operated. This is the Real Estate Roundtable with Century 21 Jack Ruddy Real Estate. Good morning. I'm Jackie Ruddy, broker, and with my husband, Phil Realtor, Pat Devaney. Good morning, Jackie. How are you? Very good. And how are you today? Okay. Now that we're just seeing each other for the first yes, time today. It's been yeah. so long. So busy we are, right? Yes. We're running in different directions. We have with us for the second week in a row, Gary Lyons, Matthew Lyons, co-owners of Disaster Blaster. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for being here with us. We appreciate your time. We're here every Saturday at 11 a.m. and Sunday at 11.30 a.m. discussing everything real estate. We have a full-time real estate office with many exceptional realtors. We have been guiding, assisting, and advising clients in real estate matters for 50 years. 50 years. Wow. During the week, feel free to email us with any questions you have at questions at jruddy.com. That's questions at jruddy.com. Or you can give us a call at 570-344-6724. And when you're at jready.com, click on the webcam tab. We have a webcam on the roof. We get thousands of hits a month, especially this time of the year. Everybody wants to know what the weather is. You can see what's going on at the corners. And we're also featured on Weather Nation TV, right? From Yeah, in Colorado. Yep. View our listings, search the MLS listings, and check out our quality service award-winning agents by going to jready.com, J-R-U-D-D-Y.com. It's mobile-friendly, and also you can find our archive radio shows there. We offer our radio shows on podcasts now, a long list of places you can find us, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Apple, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart. To name a few. And you are listed as Real Est- The Real Estate Roundtable with Jackie Ruddy. Yeah, very good. Right. And we're all over f- social media. Check us out there as well. Disaster Blaster. Who are you? What do you do, please? Uh, so we're a full-service mitigation restoration business that provides water damage mitigation, mold remediation, asbestos abatement, radon mitigation, uh, meth lab remediation, fentanyl remediation. Uh, hoarding. Hoarding, biohazard. Um Fire and smoke cleanup. Um, I could probably go on and on. Basement waterproofing. <laughs> Basically, if you have a need, we, we have a solution. All right. So you're a restoration, full service restoration service, and you've been around for a while now. Yes, we've been around for, for 20 some years. And you uh, service? All of Northeastern PA. All right. Okay. So last week, the end of the show, and we I didn't get to ask everything I needed to ask. We were talking about, and it's unfortunate the world we live in, drug rise, drug usage is on the rise. Mm-hmm. Fentanyl, a lethal drug, unfortunately, is also on the rise. And there are cleanup services when there are meth labs or fentanyl in properties. You were telling us what you do. It's a white powder and to be suspicious if we go into a property and we see white powder. It could be nothing, but it could be something that if it's touched, it could be absorbed and, and it could be lethal. So I'm just going to assume that a paper towel and some liquid detergent is not good enough to clean this up. Correct. Yeah, I mean, when, when we're, our crews go out to, 
to uh, remediate a fentanyl issue. I mean, they're covered and head to toe in uh, chemical suits. So it's it's uh, the thick plastic and they have respirators. They're protected. On they're, they're fully protected. Uh, and we use a product that is specifically designed for neutralizing fentanyl. So we would start by by spraying down the area and then detail cleaning and, and HEPA vacuuming everything up. In fact, we can't even reuse the HEPA vacuum after a fentanyl remediation. We have to dispose of it. So there's a there's a lot uh, with fentanyl that you know it, it's it's approached completely from a the the position of making sure that the the space is going to be safe. Okay, so unfortunately, you know, if there was an overdose situation in the property, and the police are involved, someone's going to know that that was the case. Most cases, I mean, if you have a tenant that moves out, let's say, uh, and you're cleaning out the area and you find something, uh, I I would recommend being suspicious just from the standpoint of being safe. Uh, you know, you can certainly bring in law enforcement and they can they can test the substance and, and, and everything as well. And when that comes back and it says, you know, whether it is or it isn't, you know, then you can kind of address that uh, appropriately at that point. Now, okay. uh, getting that fentanyl remediation done sounds very expensive. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a cheap thing. Now, as a landlord, does my insurance cover any of that? It may, depending on the, the wording of your policy uh, and the exclusions that are, are included. Uh, in many cases, it, when you're a landlord and it's a, a tenant that would have brought something into your property, you would not be aware, of course, of that occurring. Uh, so certain things like that uh, could be covered under what would be considered your vandalism coverage. It's the same with meth lab as well. Uh, you know, if if you're running a meth lab in your home, that wouldn't generally be covered. But if you have a tenant that runs a meth lab in your property, you were completely unaware and there was no reason for you to know, that would often be covered under your uh, vandalism coverage. Good to know. Hopefully we never have to come oh, across no, we'll never, any of that. No. Right? Okay. Now, let's move on. You've been here in the past many times, and we've often talked about mold remediation. You know, mold is something that people, it's nasty, and we have it and see it in properties, Mm -hmm. especially in basement and usually attic areas uh, where there's a lot of moisture. So, and you go in and do you test for mold to find out? Because it could be, you you can look at something and think it's mold. Does your company provide testing services? We don't do testing ourselves because it's viewed as a conflict of interest for the remediation firm to do the testing as well. Uh, But we're happy to bring in or refer uh, somebody that just does testing. That way you you get an independent uh, opinion and and snapshot of what's going on. Okay, so does the testing service then tell the person what they need to do, or do you come in and then figure that out from there? So what generally will happen is the, the tester will come out, they'll take a sample, they'll submit it to a lab, the lab will generate a, a report based on spore counts and, and, and things, depending on the type of, of test that's performed. We generally recommend air sample tests because it gives us a much better idea of what's actually going on in the space uh, over something like a, a sample test. Um, and that's just because a sample test gives you what's going on in that one-inch square, whereas an air test tells you what's going on in the room. Uh, so, so we generally do recommend that. Uh, and then when we get the results of the uh, report, which either the tester or the uh, homeowner can provide us, 
we can review that and then we'll put together a protocol and a proposal based on what's going to be necessary to address it. Okay. So you provide the actual mold remediation service? Yes. Okay. Now, before we continue with that, there was a person that called me several months back and uh, listens to our shows and mm. asked me to ask this question. They said that in all the shows that I never asked this question, and they really want to know the answer. Okay. Uh, it's a Richard from Honesdale that called me, and he said he wants me to ask, can you paint over mold without doing anything? No, that, that's really not a very good idea. Why? Uh, well, there's, there's a couple of things. One, uh, mold, depending on the, on the strain, uh, it's an organic material. So all molds are, but certain are kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, they're kind of slimier than, than others. So if you were to try to paint over that, you know, one, you're, you're kind of locking in this organic material, but two— Which will continue to grow and it, spread. It, it can— it can. It's even, not contained by the paint, correct? <clears throat> or is it? Um, no. You're I mean, hiding it for a little time. Yeah, basically that's all you're doing. You're just kind of covering it up for a little bit. Uh, even and, and people will also talk about, they'll mention uh, antimicrobial paints and, and things, because that, that comes al- uh, goes along with, with the question. That sounds like just expensive paint to me. It, yeah. it is. Gary's it's, over there shaking his head, no, yeah. no. Yeah, it, it is. It's basically expensive paint. I mean, the the antimicrobial properties of the paint are non-existent once the paint dries. Uh, so, you know, you're not really accomplishing anything long term. Uh, what we generally do, and, and this, people often confuse it, is after we've completed completed a uh, mold remediation project, uh, we often encapsulate surfaces uh, to you know, uh, kind of finalize the project. That is not done so much to prevent mold from coming back ever as it is to kind of make the property look clean and, and, and nice. Um, you have, ultimately, um, you have a situation there where even though we've cleaned the entire area, we've, we've let's say we've, we've scrubbed and we've HEPAVAC uh, uh, joists and, and beams and things, you're going to have some staining. Uh, so let's say you're, you're putting a, a house up on the market to, for sale. You know, people are going to notice that staining, whereas they're not going to notice a clean area. You know, the, the mold's been addressed. The staining is not a concern, but it, it looks like, you know, it, it could um, mislead people into thinking that there's an existing issue when there isn't. Okay, so you give all the proper documentation, of naturally, of everything that you've done so that the homeowner could provide that to the purchasers. Yes, and we also provide a certificate of uh, remediation so that they can provide that to potential buyers. Jackie, the other thing I would caution about painting it is that one of the things you don't want to do, if it's all possible, is disturb the mold that is, that is still growing because... It will feel like it's being attacked. It sounds strange, but it will it will actually eject mold spores into the air. So now you've contaminated the air even more. And the real problem with exposure to mold is the spores that are in the air. So you've created that exposure. Okay. Well, that I, I had a feeling the answer was no, but thank you for the the in depth explanation because that's always very helpful. Sure. For people to understand why. Right. So good. Good stuff. Okay. So getting back to mold remediation and how you remediate for it, 
in addition to what you typically do, you also recommend what? Well, when if you're going to deal with a mold problem, you want to make sure that it's not going to come back. Uh, so as part of any mold remediation should be some form of waterproofing or uh, addressing of the moisture issue. So whether that's a high humidity problem or that's groundwater that's coming in through the foundation, you're going to want to take those steps to, to make sure that your money on the mold remediation is well spent. Um, and that's why as part of the mold remediation, we are able to provide basement waterproofing services. So disaster blaster actually does the waterproofing? We do, yes. Okay, so talk to me about what you do and how you do it. There again, we've had guests in the past on the show that have said that you can use like a dry lock paint on a foundation, on a floor, or heavy-duty products such uh, as, a, as a paint or a, what would you call it, laminate? A cover that seals the foundation or the the floor and that that should help reduce moisture coming in. It certainly will help reduce moisture from coming in. And I'm not saying not to do that. In a lot of cases, that that's a good idea. If you have a, a basement that has a very minor moisture problem, uh, a combination of doing that and also bringing in a dehumidifier and dehumidifying the air constantly uh, could Helpful. be enough to solve your problem. Okay. Yeah, we had in our house, our house is over 100 years old. We have a stone foundation. I'm allergic to mold. I found that out. I got tests on that. I'm allergic to mold. What we did was we put a can fan on one side of the basement. On the other side is an old vent pipe that comes in, and it circulates the air in the basement. So the air in the basement is not just not moving at all. There's a constant circulation of air and, and that seems to, it dried the basement out and the basement, because the, the dampness would actually come upstairs. You could smell it upstairs. So they have an expensive wave fan system that they sell in New York, but uh, is, is uh, fresh air circulation, is it, could that be a cure for uh, all of these problems in a basement? It, it can be. I mean, that's, that's basically an air, uh, an air exchange um, and so what it's basically doing there is it's venting out the humid air and it's bringing in drier air from the outside. Well, I mean, if you have uh, a, a long rainy period, you could be bringing in humid air. Uh, but, but generally, if you can uh, remove the moist air and, and bring in drier air, that's a, a pretty good solution for a lot of things. Uh, whether you do that through dehumidification or through an air exchange, uh, it's basically the same kind of process. Uh, process. So you don't always have to go... And I know that this is not your term, but it's my term. Everybody calls it a bee dry system. No, I mean, it, that's not necessary for all uh, issues. Uh, it, it depends on what's going on in the property. So, I mean, if you have uh, a, a, a very, very high water table or you have a, uh, an issue where a lot of moisture is coming in through the foundation, that might be a, a solution that would be uh, necessary in your particular needs. Uh, but each waterproofing solution should be designed for the needs of that home. So, so there's no boilerplate method. There's no, no. And so coming from the mold remediation side of things, we understand a lot of uh, what causes uh, mold issues and how those things need to be kind of addressed to prevent that going forward. It could just uh, be a simple adjustment on your rain gutters or pitching the landscaping, the, the soil, 
you know, away from the home. It could be. I mean, the, the number of rain gutters we see that aren't proper is shocking. You know, it's pouring right into that foundation, right into the foundation. You know, another thing that we see a lot of are um, pro- are properties where the let's say hedges or uh, ornament ornamental plants are planted too close to the property, so they're trapping moisture up against the foundation. So there's certain things that you know we can look at and we can make those recommendations. I mean, obviously we don't do landscaping or or, or why not? Or, maybe just next add year. that to your yeah. services. Yeah, maybe next year we'll be doing okay. we'll be doing that. But I've seen some landscaping that's a disaster. So maybe you could figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we do need to do that. But um, you know, we'll, we'll make those recommendations just the same, and we'll say you know like okay, you know your ornamental plants while beautiful, you know are two feet too close to your property or. You you know, something like that, because they really shouldn't be closer than the drip edge of your roof. Uh, and, and then, you know, uh, the homeowner can kind of look to, and that's stuff that most homeowners do there themselves, you know, but we'll help them kind of uh, identify those issues. Okay, good. So then in the, in the severe cases, you would actually be doing uh, a more sophisticated system. And what is your system like? What do you do? Typically, we'll... We'll go with an indoor system because usually it's it's cheaper to the homeowner, uh, and also it's uh, they usually have developed plants outside that they want to protect, and they don't want the the house dug, the perimeter of the house dug out in around the, the outside. So, and what the system consists of is usually one or two sump pumps, uh, depending on the size of the uh, footprint. And uh, what we'll do is we actually will drill some, some we, we call them weep holes, through, the, through the, uh, the, the wall of the house, down very close to the floor, to allow the water to flow in faster. So there's no, what you don't want is any pressure up against that wall, because over time, that's causing problems too. So this allows it to flow in. And then we'll make a... Uh, a trench around the, the circumference of the basement and then allow that water to flow in through the wall, into that trench, and to the sump pump, which then pumps it out. Uh, it's a good system. Uh, you know, for those people who want to then, say, uh, remodel their basement and actually make it a usable basement, you know, they're – those that that can be covered with a, uh, a specially made baseboard, so that it's not even visible, and then you can use the rest of the space for uh, for your rec room. Okay, good stuff. So it's an option. With us today, Gary Lyons, Matthew Lyons, co-owners of Disaster Blaster. How does someone get in touch with you, please? Uh, they can t- contact our offices at 570-963-1123 or visit our website at www.disasterblaster.com. And you're on social media. Yes, we are. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. Okay, great. Stay with the Real Estate Roundtable with Century 21 Jack Ready Real Estate on 94.3 FM. The Talker will be back after a very brief break. The real estate market is extremely active and you want to make a move, but you don't know where to start, who to call, or how to make it happen. I'm Jackie Ruddy, and I know Century 21 Jack Ruddy Real Estate can lead the way. Our quality service award winning team will help you with buying and selling a home. 
Century 21 Jack Reddy Real Estate has a proven track record and experience you can count on. Lean on us to show you the way. Call 570-344-6724. That's 570-344-6724. Or visit jreddy.com. That's J-R-U-D-D-Y.com. Where homes are open every day, all day long. Also, remember to tune in to the Real Estate Roundtable with Century 21 Jack Ruddy Real Estate, Saturdays at 11 a.m. and Sundays at 11.30 a.m. on 94.3 FM, The Talker. You're rejoining the Real Estate Roundtable with Century 21 Jack Ruddy Real Estate on 94.3 FM, The Talker. I'm Jackie Ruddy, broker, and with my husband, fellow realtor, Pat Devaney. And we're back after a lively break. Yes, with our friends from Disaster Blaster, co-owners Gary Lyons and Matthew Lyons. Hello. Good morning. So did we talk about, in the first half of the show, we were talking about mold, that four-letter word that starts with M, and we were talking about waterproofing. And each property, I guess the essence of that, the takeaway from the first half is that it's individualized. Each property is different. You have to look at it, where the moisture is coming from, what's causing it, and then figure out how to deal with it. Right? Yes. Right. And so your methods, there's, there's different meth- methods for di- different situations. Now, I want to talk about radon. Okay. As long as we covered everything we needed to do with mold and Waterproof. Sure, absolutely. Radon in water. Now, we've dealt with, for many years, you've been a guest on our show talking about radon, radon mitigation systems in homes. Radon is a colorless, odorless gas that most home buyers test for before purchasing the property. If it's found in the property, they usually ask the seller to mitigate. And so that's, that is a system that's installed where you're putting a PVC pipe from basement you vent it out through the roof the attic through the attic and you're taking out that gas from the home but a lot of people do not test for radon in the water are you seeing this to be more common these days more we're we're seeing it becoming more visible and that people are starting to test for it more and more uh the uh in some cases, they're finding that the, the, the basic underslab system isn't bringing it down within acceptable levels, and then they're testing the water, and they're finding that, well, the, the water levels of radon are so high that that's elevating it up, too. So that also has to be addressed. So it's a good idea to, to test both the water and the air for yeah. radon. And the acceptable levels are, we should mention that. I mean, I know it, you know it, but let's, for our listeners... But, the, the acceptable level that is set right now is uh, below four picocuries per liter. Um, and that's for radon in air. Yeah, that's for radon in the air. The, right now in Pennsylvania, there is no acceptable level for radon in the water. Uh, and they're not really regulating radon in the water. So what's a high level? What would that be? When do you know that it's a problem? It's a little bit different with, with radon and water, and I'll tell you why. You know, like they say that um, if you have, four th- say, 4,000 counts of, of, um, of radon in the water, that that probably increases the air by one picocuri. So 
But the problem is, is that you shower with this water. And if you're showering with this water during that period of time, you're being exposed to the 4,000, which is quite high. So it still may be, you know, a good idea to have the radon water taken care of, even if it's not raising the indoor level significantly. The, uh, the other thing to keep in mind is, is that, you know, if you have, if, if you know, the only where, place where you're going to have this issue is, is if you get using groundwater, if you have a, a well. It's, really? It, yeah. yeah. It's, it's something that they're still very much uh, studying and, and trying to kind of uh, come to some sort of guidance with. Uh, Other states, is, though, have. Some other states have. I know Canada has guidelines as, as well. Uh, Pennsylvania is still uh, working on that. Okay, so you test for radon in the water. You find out you have an elevated level that you, you, you want to take care of. What do you do about it? Well, typically what you're going to do is uh, need to have a uh, radon mitigation company come in and put in a system that aerates that water. It will actually circulate that water in a specially made unit, and then it a fan takes the radon gas, which rises out of the water, again, out and above the roof, and the water you're then getting your drinking water is coming and all your water is coming directly through that system. So the rate, it'll be radon free. So it's removing the radon. Yeah. Okay. So every house has some level of radon, like radon levels. Did you ever see a zero when you, when somebody tested for radon? No, a zero really doesn't exist. Right. So that's not the case with water then. Not every house with water has radon. Yeah, because city water, you would generally not have an issue. I mean, you, yeah. if you had a, a well, it would be a potential concern, uh, but, uh, but, but you are correct. Yeah, it's not. See, typically your, your water supplies from, you know, from city supply or municipal supply, that is aerated anyhow in the general flow, purifying it and everything else before it arrives at your residence or your business. So it's probably already removed from them, even if it was there. Okay, so people with... People on wells, they, they're concerned about other things in their water, and I don't know that they're necessarily testing for radon when they're pulling water samples. But it's not a bad idea. I would add it to the test. Okay. So, Gary, you mentioned, you know, if you have radon in the water, you're showering, and you're exposing yourself to the radon that's in the water. What about when you drink it? Well, common sense seems to tell me that there's an exposure there. If I'm drinking water and it's in, going down through my body, um, right now the scientists, unfortunately, are out on it. They're, they have no opinion. There's no research that I know of that they've done on it. and I, So we're in the dark. Comforting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we don't have a guideline as to what an acceptable level of radon would be in the in the water i would i would think non zero but uh, you know what do i know and then we're we're out on what what's happening when we ingest this water so most of the states that have guidelines for the radon in water have tried to uh apply that to how much radon uh, gets into the air through n normal use from you know showering and using your faucets and 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 things like that. Um, so we'll probably when when Pennsylvania does set a guideline, it'll probably be something that seems high uh, to us. 
Um, but depending on where the science goes and if they determine that you know, ingesting uh, water that's contaminated with radon is an issue, that could certainly impact you know, where, where we kind of end up with as far as that number is concerned. Okay, time will tell. Thanks for joining us, guys. Gary Lyons, Matthew Lyons, both co-owners of Disaster Blaster. How does someone get in touch with you, please? They can contact our offices at 570-963-1123 or visit our website at www.disasterblaster.com. Thank you. And so a lot of people thought after 2020 they needed a reset. And a lot of people are spending more time in their homes because of the pandemic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How does one reset themselves? How would you think? Uh, Go on a vacation that you can't do right now? They're choosing colors that are calming in their home. So, yes. So, Benjamin Moore has picked... (laughs) I would think that they would be choosing spirits that are very calming, like a gallon of Jack Daniels or something like that. Well, there's a lot of that, too, unfortunately. (laughs) That would be very calming. There's a lot of that on the rise. But if you don't want to go down that road, and I suggest you don't... (laughs) Choose a paint color that will calm you. Aegean teal is from Benjamin Moore. Urban bronze is the color of the year for Sherwin Williams. And aqua fiesta is Glidden's choice. These colors will. Aqua fiesta? Aqua fiesta. Oh, so okay. they all have the hues that, you know, um, are calming colors sky grass and little gray go with a lot of different things. And if you don't want to commit to a full wall, Full four walls of color, just adding a couple pieces here and there or just one wall or an accent wall uh, may just do it for you. Try that to calm yourself down. Hopefully 2021 is going to be better than 2020, right? Hopefully. Hopefully. Remember to tune in next Saturday at 11 a.m. and Sunday at 1130 a.m. to the Real Estate Roundtable with Century 21. Jack Ready Real Estate on 94.3 FM The Talker. 